Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine. Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. On SAFM. 11 minutes after 2 o'clock, the music of Kaifa Semenya Matswali. Well, thank you so much for staying with us. What we're going to be discussing this entire hour is um, a, a, an issue that we are calling stateless children. Um, it's an issue that came out of a report that was published a couple of days ago by the World Bank. We are obviously expanding on that particular uh, report. Uh, and the report is really, really scary. Just the stats around the number of children in this country who are stateless. And I'm joined by by three experts in studio. Abigail Dawson, who's a spokesperson for the Consortium for Refugees and Migrants in South Africa. Liesl Miller, also in studio with us, head of Statelessness Project at the Lawyers for Human Rights. And Nika Machingzeza, who is a Child on the Move project manager. He joins us uh, on the line at the Save the Children essay. Thank you very much all for joining us and thank you for making the time this afternoon. Let's just start with the the stats, for instance, um, and and that I think is where we we need to at least give the record. Uh, Liesl, perhaps from your side, how many children do we know to have been um, to have arrived in this country stateless? It's difficult to say um, how many of them are stateless. So let me just maybe provide um, a definition for statelessness. That's a good place to start. Um, A stateless person is somebody who is not recognized as a citizen of any country in the world. So it could be either legally or practically. Um, And children who are on the move in Southern Africa are often children who their um, nationalities have not been determined by... Uh, a government and so they are mostly at risk of statelessness is what we call it we haven't determined their nationality they're undocumented and so they are at risk of not being recognized by any country in the world as being a citizen and if one doesn't have citizenship one doesn't have access to rights do we know for sure that some of the cases are accurate in other words if a child is trafficked let's just say for instance if a child is trafficked and was trafficked young but may have been documented in their country of birth. Is there a way for us to track that? Or we really depend entirely on that child having a record to tell us about their record? Currently in the Southern African region, we uh, are not doing enough to track these children. Um, Legally, we are supposed to record every child born within our country. So there's a right to a name and a nationality from birth in international law. And so every child born in the Southern African region must be registered in their country. Mm. And um, that uh, at the moment is uh, education and food and these kinds of things, but without determining their nationality, which is likely to be stateless. I'm a bit shocked by all of the Children, particularly who um, are migrants, and continuous pressure of trying to attempt to legalize their stay. And I think that's important. It's, I mean, I heard Nico say some, some of these cases are complicated, but I, mm. I want to add your voice to this or any questions at all, 891 104 I'm also in a conversation with Liesl Miller, head of statelessness of you, because I'm sure you come across this all the time. Uh, maybe let's start with you. And you. But identify that a child was born here, which is simple. And those two things need to be separated. So in terms of assuming that responsibility, we have higher responsibility being put on 
ensuring that the national register is secure. And with that, we are failing a lot of children as a state. And we need to create that firewall that a child can be registered and birth can be registered and the citizenship can be determined later to say, okay, you have a birth certificate, but you are not a South African citizen based on this and that, which is fine because the child then can use that birth registration to claim citizenship somewhere else. But now we, we, we have that. And the, to take that responsibility as a state is becoming an issue because then it, the, 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 the cycle becomes spiral. Then the children can't access basic health, can't access education, can't access nationality. Then they suffer detention, which then results in a number of things. The research has told us that um, children that do not get um, documented as migrants and when they do not access education, there is less chances of them returning. I think we've lost Nicole. More problems for ourselves. All right, we're going to try and see if we can't sort that line for 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 you, Nico. <laughs> Abigail, we often talk about well-being as a very basic, you know, they're not sick or they're they're being fed, or some organisation has taken the time to give them one meal a day. But I can only imagine the trauma, the trauma some of these children go through, if. By the mere fact that you exist, you have seen and deemed as a criminal. If you're going to be victim, I just can't imagine as a child what that must be like. Not being seen and yet at the same time being seen, but for the, for the worst. It, it must be the most horrific thing. From the stats and from the, the, the kind of cases you've seen, how prevalent is, I suppose, um, the, the trauma that they live with? I don't think the kind of trauma trauma can be put into statistics um so you know i've run regular groups with children from age seven to 18 and the trauma is extensive both you know structurally socially it kind of really goes across the board you structurally excluded from multiple avenues gaining access to school although you know there was a very successful court order in december granting or undocumented children the right to school. However, implementation, LHR's clinic in January this year was, you know, really full of people who've been, you know, denied from admission into school because of birth certificates. Um, access to social services, healthcare after the age of seven is going to be very difficult for you. And then I think increasingly more difficult as you become an independent adult, mm. f seeking employment, opening a bank account, all of these basic things, which I think for many people who are getting documented, a getting a SIM card, you, ve you very much take for granted and it really puts you in a position where you're stuck. Um, so, and then emotionally, you know, kind of the everyday turmoil of going through the bureaucracy to document yourself, but then also the continuous threat of detainment and deportation um so you know it's this really multi-layered and then very interpersonal um Let, trauma let's talk about what actually is likely to happen in realistic terms so naively i land here as an unaccompanied minor perhaps i am tra trafficked perhaps I, I ran away i don't know but i am now here i land in this country and i 
have the foresight to perhaps seek authority and maybe get to, I don't know, a police station or an office of sorts. What's likely to happen, Liesl? Well, at the moment, um, the uh, Department of Social Development is trying to coordinate an effort to try and identify these children and, and then link them up with the with the correct service providers. Um, but that's only a system that's really been in place in the last few years and it doesn't function very well and it's not legislated. So it's basically the initiative of certain individuals within the department who um, who are not a duty, who not, um, they've taken the initiative. So what we really need... As in Good Samaritans. Quite yes. honestly, no, yes. there is no law forcing them to do that. Absolutely. Uh, the law does not distinguish between foreign and uh, national children, but as soon as a child uh, is undocumented, it is assumed that the child is a foreign national, and it, uh, according to my um, experience with children in these circumstances, all the processes of providing services stop until we can determine nationality. And that is, for me, is the most scary thing, because uh, we we distinguish between people with documents and without documents, and then we decide, I mean, we decide that those people don't have the same basic rights just because they're not documented. And we shouldn't be doing that. So those children will live uh, without going to school, without being able to go to a hospital, without so being able to be adopted. was hurt, the, the, the immediate reaction would not be to take them to a hospital. I mean, the social worker would try, but oftentimes um, they would be discriminated asked, against. Asked some some details at the reception mm -hmm. point. Okay, let's take those calls. 0891-104-207. Reverend Joseph, you're calling us from Pretoria. Good afternoon. Thanks for calling. Yes, good afternoon, madam, and your guest today. Good afternoon. I have to tell you this is a very interesting topic and program. At the moment, I come from Eastern Cape, but I'm just there for pre in Pretoria for a meeting. Okay. And the issue of these undocumented children is ground. I'm dealing with some of these children in Agunos. Yes. I would first thank the Department of Education. As your guests are saying, still these others, I have proof, we have proof they are South Africans. We have a proof. So this is what I think the Department of Home Affairs meant. Because they say their mothers are not documented. Now For me, it sounds a little bit counterproductive. So on the one hand, if we understand that there's a criminal, you can trace them and track them and so on. So I still don't know. My conversation is uh, around stateless children. The approach type of way is a lazy way of achieving uh, state security. There is always the option of achieving state security and protecting the rights of children. It might just involve a little bit more effort, a little bit more um, uh, initiative. So I totally agree that uh, state security, one of the aims of um, resolving statelessness is to ensure peace and security in countries. That's one of the main aims. In fact, I was going to ask, let me ask you, Nika. I mean, it, it actually doesn't mean just by virtue of us not doc not documenting these children that the state is saving money we're not it's 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 not we're not at all by excluding these children out of our out of our data records are we saving money or what do you think the rationale is around that nika i i've always said this in many 
uh, circles that I do speak, and my statement stands that not caring is costly than caring. Because the whole issue is really centered around the protection of children's rights, which is really based on care for children. And um, as the, the law of South Africa, really the constitution of South Africa is best premised on the basis of human rights. And children's rights are rights. And we're taking a very costly option um, of not caring for those children by providing them with uh, documentation that they require. Many of those children grow up to become in conflict with the law in provided them with a document to identify them. So uh, that showed us the cost of violation uh, of, of violence in South Africa. It's way in billions. It's way when um, children's uh, rights have been violated. So it becomes... Yeah, I agree, and and to various other vulnerabilities. Extremely, you know, it alludes to a number of vulnerabilities. The longer-term documentation, I think, the problem with our current, which are making that system even more difficult and exclusionary. Um, Thank you, ma'am. Really much appreciate you and your guest. Look, I'm a refugee from Ethiopia for the last 25 years, living in South Africa. You know what is happening in South Africa. I've done research over the politics. The discrimination of the bear's right of the children who was born. Whatever situation, we come down to South Africa. This is our African country in African state. But now, I see the discrimination against the African black migrant, especially Ethiopians. Uh, as I noticed myself for 25 years, it's huge chance with you. I confused. I apply for Australia, Canada, and the many other countries. But the value, the government doesn't give us a value. What is it in this country? Why they cannot exploit the potential of these people? Human resource, let them, these people, to explore, to put, to improve.